0: For the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason, this is the Locked On Reds Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds Podcast. It is a Monday Monday following a weekend of split squad action, which saw the weekend end with a very nice performance from Trevor Bauer and a couple of interesting pitching performances all around. Going to recap that here in just a second. Also want to get to my pick. We had the poll for the weekend of who you think should be the opening day starter for the Cincinnati Reds this season. I'm going to tell you who my pick is here in just a minute. Also, Reds killer of the day. We're jumping over the right field before we start all of that though make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to also follow me on twitter at jeff carr with three f's and follow the show at locked on reds and save the locked on reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 all right so the weekend was pretty busy The Reds were in a couple of different spots, playing a couple of different games. Uh, We got some stuff to get to here in the news. News team, simple! The Reds played two games on Sunday, one against the Angels and one against the Cubs. They actually went 1-0-1. They had a win and they had a tie. They tied with the Angels 8-8. In that game, the Reds had Trevor Bauer on the hill. He pitched four very strong innings. He gave up a solo home run and that was the only hit and the only earned run he allowed. He did give up one walk, but he had four strikeouts in those four innings. In a post-game interview, he mentioned that with not like a ton of effort, he wasn't having to put a whole lot of adrenaline behind it. He was throwing 94-95 on his fastball. Says he feels ready to go for the season. Pretty encouraging stuff there. Then on the other side, the win over the Cubbies. They won 11-9. to Starting that game was Vladimir Gutierrez. The Reds pitched about hundred different guys no one's super important to the season I mean there's a couple of guys who are fighting for a roster spot Sal Romano pitched a perfect inning Tyler Thornburg did get roughed up just a slight bit he gave up two hits and one earned run on a homer in one inning but other than that pitching wise not too much to write home about on the hitting side of things, Phil Irvin hit a ball out of the stadium there in Vegas. In fact, there were some photos over the batter's eye, just absolutely clobbered it. And then back on the Angels game, I forgot to kind of mention that Shogo Akiyama two for three. If you're one of those people that really likes to get behind spring training statistics, our man Shogo's hitting 3.46. That's nice. I'm not really one of those guys, but hey, it's something to talk about there when it comes to Shogo because, I mean, you know, we, we've mentioned it. We're looking at him to be the leadoff hitter. So it's nice to see. Let's jump into this. This is all confusing. Why do I have to keep learning new things? We had a poll up at Locked On Reds on the Twitter page, if you voted in it. Luis Castillo, I, I, I'm surprised by this, actually, but Luis Castillo ran away with it. As far as people who thought who the opening day starter should be, he got 60% of the vote beating out Sonny Gray and Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer a little bit behind Sonny Gray even. It was a pretty decent split. I, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be close. I've seen lots of folks talking about Sonny Gray as their favorite. They want him to be the opening day starter. And don't get me wrong, he had an amazing year. But I agree with the poll. I'm a Luis Castillo guy when it comes to opening day because look here's the thing. I believe that opening day celebrates what he means what what a pitcher means to the organization as a whole and and maybe it's not even that important of a thing, and it's more of a fan idea but but hear me out, Luis Castillo was called upon to be. The pitching, whenever the Reds had no pitching, they got him for a steal of a deal with the Miami Marlins when they traded Dan Straley to Miami, and they got him back, and he's been lights out so far in this young career, and he's only pitched for three seasons in the major leagues. He's currently 27, plenty of room left to grow for him, and he's already awesome i mean just consider last year last year his first half of the season leading up to the all-star break first 18 starts of that season he only had two starts in which he gave up more than two earned runs and he only gave up four earned runs in both of those starts everywhere else he was pitching two earned runs or less and just striking out people like a madman, he was absolutely phenomenal. And the interesting thing is, you know, everybody points out, well, he kind of had a rough second half. And if you look at his last two years as a whole, 2018, 2019, he had one half that was really awesome and one half that was really bad in both seasons. Now they flip-flopped. In 2018, the first half wasn't good, but this, the second half was. And then a flip flopped last year this is the year 2020 2020 is a year for a lot of things for the reds but this is the year that we luis castillo puts the good together in both halves he's got to be a top five guy when it comes to the cy young award talent alone gives him the ability to be an ace for this staff i mean the reds When we really break it down, the Reds definitely have two bona fide aces, and depending on how Trevor Bauer pitches in this regular season, maybe three aces, but definitely two aces. But Luis Castillo beyond that was kind of the, you know, if you want to get into some nerdy wording here with me, he's the harbinger for the get the pitching movement. He was the guy that was here. He was the guy at the door welcoming in all the new kids on the block that sort of thing. I, I I think that he deserves to be the opening day star. Now, we'll, we'll see how they all progress through the season. We might have a completely different take on who should be the playoff opening day star whenever we get to the playoffs here. I firmly believe the Reds will be in the playoffs this year, by the way, obviously. You've heard me say that before. But I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how these three guys develop. Throughout the year, in which one we have the most confidence handing the ball in that first postseason game, but that's my take. Opening day starter Jeff Carr endorses Luis Castillo. All right, so coming up here in just a minute, we want to jump into Reds killer of the day. It's the right field position. We've done almost every position. We need right field catcher, and there's a bench spot that we're also going to have. And and, and just this has been a lot of fun that I got to do this with Ken. I was really glad that he did this with me and you know, we're coming to an end of it, but I enjoyed it. If you missed any of the segments beforehand, we'll do a quick recap. Once we end today's segment, but first. Today, our Reds killer for the day f- finishes out the outfield. We've already got our left fielder and our center fielder. Left fielder Jason Bay, center fielder Ian Happ. The two of those together probably accounted for like a thousand runs against the Reds in their careers, no doubt. Today in right field, I've got Ken at Obscure X Reds with me today. We're going over all this, and like we mentioned, if there's anyone that you can think of as far as a Reds killer. Don't hesitate to hit us up on Twitter at Obscure X Reds or at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Today, Ken, we're looking at right field. Who you got? We've got we've got a utility player um who bounced around the league a little bit. Uh, he was a Padre, a Met, a Pirate, a Yankee, a Cub, a Diamondback, a National, and a Giant. Oof. It's Xavier Nady. So he was a journeyman, um, played for played for half the league, but No matter who he played for, when it was against the Reds, he was doing damage. Um, He was a backup outfielder with a 755 OPS career. But you put him against the Reds, and he slugs 340, 386, 617 for a 1003 OPS for a 248-point difference. That's a Reds killer. Xavier Nady. Yes, he, he definitely personifies what we were looking for with these Reds killers and that their career in and of itself wasn't anything to write home about. And then all of a sudden you come up against Cincinnati and uh, you're, you're Babe Ruth. Or I, I don't know. Yeah, Xavier Nady. No one would confuse him with Babe Ruth, but Reds fans remember the name and probably have a couple of dark boards with his face on it. It's just uh, remembering and, and the the interesting thing about him, like some of the guys that we have on this list, whether it be Eric Thames and Bill Hall with the Brewers or Raphael Fricall with the Braves or Ron Say with the Cubs and the Dodgers. And, and even that was two teams. Most guys have done it with one team. Like you mentioned, Xavier Nady. the address changed. The focus on just making Reds fans' lives miserable did not. No, he, he he would just give the Reds black eye after black eye after black eye. And that's the guy that you probably couldn't pick out of the lineup. But like you mentioned, he is a Reds killer. So now we've got our infield, except for catcher. That's going to be on our next episode. And we've got our outfield. Stay tuned for the backstop. And then the final episode will be one bench spot who most people will know the name. And we've got an interesting discussion about. You're not going to want to miss either segment. Ken has been awesome. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you on the next one. Talk to you later, Jeff. Thanks. Just a quick recap when we're looking at the Reds Killer, the all time Reds Killer team. So far, what we've introduced is at first base, there's Eric Thames. Second base is Bill Hall. Shortstop is Rafael Furcal. Third base, Ron Say. Left field, Jason Bay. Center field, Ian Happ. And now right field, Xavier Nady. So you look at all those guys, and what do they all have in common? They weren't great players overall, but against the Reds, they just murdered it. I mean, we keep saying it in each and every segment, but if you missed any of them, go back and check them out. The next one, our catcher, the Reds' killer at catcher, We'll do next Monday. I figure, you know what? Reds killer of the day deserves to be a Monday type segment, right? Sounds like a Monday thing. Real quick, I want to do a Locked on Reds line segment, and then I'll get you on your way for your Monday. And our first one comes from our friend Joey up in Canada. He says, Bauer talks and backs up a big game. Love that about him. I would love to see how he goes about his business as the opening day starter. Big personality on a big day. Go Reds. Yeah, I I like the idea. I think it would be interesting if the Reds announced Trevor Bauer as the opening day starter. Uh, He has been, if you take away the Astros, and any Astros player, like whether it be Carlos Correa, Jordan Alvarez, all those different guys, outside of the Astros, Trevor Bauer has probably been the most talked about player in the national media, which is hilarious because usually the national media all but ignores the Reds. If they're good, they say, well, look at that. Who knew? Cincinnati, they can play baseball there sometimes. And then when they're bad, they just might as well not exist at all. But they have talked a lot about Trevor Bauer. Now, Trevor Bauer himself has kind of put put himself out there. But at the same token, It's not as if it's been negative media coverage. It's he's saying some smart stuff. People are realizing that he's saying some smart stuff and they're talking about it. So I I would like it if nothing else but for just media attention on this team that has been put together by Dick Williams and Nick Crawl and set up for what we all feel will be a successful 2020. And one more, and this one's a question. This was an interesting idea. Bear with me, because I I think I can see where Scott is going with this, and I like this. It's an out-of-the-box idea. I'm not going to dismiss it right away, because I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Scott says, what do you think about the following? This year, for every 10 points below his lifetime OPS, Joey Votto donates a hundred K per 10 points to a Cincinnati-based charity. Obviously we want to see Joey bounce back this year, and I think we won't make the playoffs without him, but maybe this proposal could incentivize him to do well and us as Reds fans cheer him on to excel once again. Regardless, the city benefits from Joey. I know this probably isn't going to happen, but it was an interesting to consider is it too crazy? I tell you, I, I don't know if it's too crazy. It's an interesting idea, a performance-based contract. There's lots of guys that sign these. Now, they're, you know, they're like one-year deals, and they're for almost the league minimum, but they have so many incentives based on their performance that the league minimum can quickly turn into 3 $4, 5000000 million but that you know that's an incentive laden deal with Joey his money's guaranteed period and obviously he's not going to agree to something where he might lose money on it but it is an intriguing concept because we've now seen two straight years of decline from him and and we're all hoping we're all saying you know what this is going to be the year that he bounces back and I still am one of those people that I'm like you know what I I I just think he's going to do better this year I just do there's really There's really nothing beyond that than saying, you know what, I know what Joey Votto used to be like, and I know he has the ability and the focus to get better. But if you kind of attach some sort of money figure to it, that would really incentivize things. Now, then there's also the other end of that spectrum of, well, okay, if you've got to attach a money penalty to it, then why is he even doing this in the first place? Like, if he has to be threatened with less money to play better, then why is he out there playing professional baseball? Not saying that. I don't think he needs that to play better. I think he understands he was bad last year, so he is going to be better this year. That's how I feel about that. But, you you know, if, if your take away from this hypothetical idea is that Joey needs some sort of kicking the rear end to play better baseball, I, I just don't think you've been paying attention to Joey. That being said, it's an interesting idea and I, I appreciate the thoughts, guys. Like out of the box ideas are kind of fun to talk about. And and when you think of incentive laden contracts, we as fans, whenever we see the Reds go out and they sign a guy like that, it's pretty cool. Because you're like, oh hey, you know what? I mean this guy, he's gonna, you know, do his best. To lay it all out on the field so that he can make a little bit of extra money. That's one of the reasons, and this is going to be kind of a a cross sport reference a little bit here, but that's one of the reasons that the XFL kind of intrigues me, because the winning team gets—and I forget how much it is—but the winning team gets X amount of money to spread out its to its players for each win. And I kind of like that. I, I think that you know the ultimate goal is to win. And if you try to give players a little bit extra, like say, you know what? You could have yourself a pretty nice paycheck a little bit more on top of what you're already getting if you win. I don't know. That's It's, it's a cool out-of-the-box thought. What do you guys think, though? Let me know on the Lockdown res line at 513-549-0159. Or let me know on Twitter. I thought Scott had a nice uh, out-of-the-box thought there. Anyway, we're going to end it with that for today's episode I appreciate you guys listening and like I've said uh, if you have not subscribed make sure you go in and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform that you're currently listening to also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds but that's gonna wrap us up for this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On MLB That'll do it for us here today for the Locked on Reds Podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.